Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio night for something completely similar shit Honey, did you see them them clay puppets? Wow. I saw them clay puppets, honey. Did you like them clay puppets? I thought they were so good. They made me wet. And scene. Yes, that's right. You heard that right. It's time for something completely similar. Ladies and germs, uh, welcome to the uh, For Screen Uh, podcast, uh, where we normally talk about British films. I mean, that is what we're doing today. But uh, we normally talk about British films off the Empire Top 100 British films list. That's what we've been doing. We've been going through them. We've been seeing which movies are going to replace maybe some movies on the BFI Top 100, a.k.a. the list made by all those old dinosaurs. Get out of town. And uh, we've been going through them. But now we're going to take a little bit of a respite. We're going to we're gonna do a little uh, segment called And Now for Something Completely Similar. We are going to talk about movies kind of related or tangentially related uh, to the movies we've talked about so far on the Empire list. Uh, so, of course, uh, introductions are in order. I am Brendan. And I am Jason. And, Jason, we are starting off with – we're starting off hot right out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, because on the Empire list, we talked about, of course, Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Mm-hmm. And we, I gave you a Herculean task this week. I yes. said, Jason, you need to watch four fucking movies. And you know what you said to me? You said, Brendan, I will go rent them on my way home from the pharmacy when I pick up my dick ointment. And I will watch them all in quick succession. And I appreciate that. That's what I did, and uh, that's why I'm here today, and my dick is perfectly ointmented up. Mm. I'm feeling comfortable, I'm feeling loose and free, and I'm ready to talk about the original. Well, I guess not really original, because one of them comes from after the film, but the, the, the Wallace and Gromit shorts upon which three were the basis for Curse of the Were-Rabbit, uh, which then itself was the basis for the next one. Right, the the maybe the working situation on sure. the Were Rabbit was the result of him wanting to make another one. <laughs> the thing about Wallace and Gromit, Brennan, is that they're I'm a very thinking... old comedy trope. Yep. What? what? I'm thinking about them. Okay. Think about Wallace and Gromit. Okay. They're pictured, right? They're yes. like a lot of a lot of ancient comedy tropes where you have a comedy team and, and one of the things they do is they just do different jobs. And that's where the comedy comes in. Like Laurel and Hardy, I'm sure, did that. Uh, I know the Stooges did that. Uh, like... It's such a it's such a classic thing, but it's done in such a wonderfully unique style, and 
like even in the first episode, it's not really about their job, but the later ones, like of course, uh, they're, they're they're a bakery in one. They're uh, in the movie. They're uh, they have security systems and they run a police state. Uh, in another one, they uh, wash windows. Right. They do all sorts of things, right? Which it's funny because like I'll, I'll say this right now, I had never seen any of these. Really? Yeah. So having watched. Curse of the Were Rabbit, which I had seen before, mm-hmm. uh, before we watched it, I had seen it before okay. that. I just assumed that they were that they, that was their thing is that they were the pest control. Yeah, that, that was like always their job, and that. Um, and I was actually shocked. Overall, I'll say right now, I don't think the movie changed all that much about them, other than their occupation. Like, I feel like it stayed pretty close to what their genesis was. You know, when you watch like a TV show. Uh, that's been on for a long time and you go back and watch the first episode, like even like the office or like anything. And there's always that it's like a trope now. It's like first episode weirdness or first season weirdness. There's sure. none of this really like it. it no, uh, as, as you watch through these shorts and into the film, you definitely see an increase in the money available, yes. the talent available and, and the technology available. And you see that, uh, that quality just by the end of it, by a matter of loaf and death. It's. I mean, it, it, it looked great the entire way through, but it is pristine uh, how everything looks by A Matter of Loaf and Death. Well, yeah, I mean, when by the time you get to the last one, A Matter of Loaf and Death, uh, we've already had the movie come out. So they, they know how to work with a budget for a feature-length film. They're going to have no problem doing it for a 30-minute short. It's still can, an incredibly labor-intensive process that would take them numerous years to finish. Like, like doing, I'm sure Curse of the Werewabbit was an extremely difficult project. Oh, for sure. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, that gave them the experience, right? Yeah. Oh, if, yeah. If I mean, that's the thing. This this dude's been working at this uh, Nick Park since, like, 1982, right? So yeah, he, he it, knows what he's doing in this field. If something like Curse of the Werewabbit cost, I don't remember what we said, but let's say $40 million... In theory, if you're doing the same kind of thing on your new one, it's about a third of the length. So hopefully, it's about a third of the budget, right? Or or yeah. maybe maybe even a little less than that. Or more so, if you're lucky. It's like, yeah, we want to see another Wallace and Gromit short, so let's give them some friggin' money. Sure, but all these thi- all these shorts are basically uh, TV specials, right? They yes. all aired on BBC. Um, they all got like huge numbers. Like a lot mm. of them aired on Christmas Day. Um, these are like, these are stalwarts. I, I'm assuming that when it's announced that there's new Wallace and Gromit, people are very, very excited yeah. in, uh, in the UK. Well, I mean, and around the world, I mean, these, uh, and these things don't come out very often. Like we have our first ones in 89, we had the second one in 93, we had the, the third one in what, like 95? 95. And then not another one until the movie in 2005. Yeah. So 11 and years then, later. And then the next short in 2008. Now, of course, he wasn't like it wasn't doing anything because he made Chicken Run in uh, 2001, which is also a very good movie. Yep. Um, he also made, uh, the bo- I think, The Box Trolls is him, too. Okay. And and the Shaun the Sheep series, which I didn't Shaun realize was a direct spinoff of one of the shorts. That is the biggest su- takeaway surprise for me yeah. <laughs> is that uh, I haven't seen the second Shaun of the Sheep movie. Is Shaun of the Sheep? <laughs> I wish Shaun, it was Shaun of, the, of sheep. the Sheep. I am Shaun. Shaun <laughs> of the Sheep. <laughs> but I haven't seen the second Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, mm-hmm. yes. um, of which I've heard, I've, I've heard it's even better than the first it, one. It, it has very high ratings, yes. But, like, I have seen the first one. I loved it. And, yeah, I had no idea. My biggest takeaway surprise was that that character was based on uh, Sean the Sheep showing up in, what, The Wrong Trousers? or a clo- uh, no, it, no, Close uh, Shave. Close, close Shave, yeah. Yeah. Because um, they called him Sean, and I was like, well, hold on a second. So I did my Googling, and sure enough, same cat. Yeah. Same cat. 
Same, same, well, same, same sheep. Cat sheep. Sheep cat baby. <laughs> so overall, so Jason, had you seen any of these before? I feel like you had. Yeah, I'd, um, I don't, if, if I saw a Grand Day Out as a kid, I don't remember it. I definitely saw wrong trousers and a close shave when I was growing up. And, uh, but obviously I didn't watch Curse of the Re- well, Were Rabbit until we watched it. And right. uh, I had not seen A Matter of Loaf and Death until, you know, yesterday. And now I appreciate A Matter of Loaf and Death just for title alone. Oh, yeah. I mean, seen... I, I was sad that there wasn't more of a connection to that movie, but, I mean, their titles yeah. never really do. Uh, I well, got to say, mean, though. A, I mean, a close shave. is Wrong trousers and granddad are pretty close to what happens in the shorts. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, there's clearly a formula for, for oh, Wallace and Gromit and what they do. And what's I mean, interesting, and that's fine. There's nothing death, wrong with that. It's about a bakery and, and murder. Yeah. It, it but what I'm saying is, is that what's interesting is that, the, so the first short is kind of its own thing. It's a whimsical story. You know, they, they build a rocket and go to the moon because they want cheese. Well, uh, rather, Wallace wants cheese and doesn't think about popping down to the, the corner store to do it. Cheese no, he's going to go all the way to the fucking moon. That's right. But that's almost like a weird comedy sci-fi thing that's just so out there. And it's enjoyable. But then from the second one on, including the film, all those different Wallace and Gromis things are all like kind of horror based. I didn't really mm. pick up on that previously. I thought curse of the where rabbit was like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, obviously you'd do a horror thing at some point. Like maybe they released it around Halloween, but no, all the other ones had that kind of dark vibe underneath it. That this really like, you know, this cheerful character and, and this expressive and put upon dog, uh, are kind of dealing with. And it's fascinating to watch. I didn't, I didn't think about that ever, you know, until now. Yeah, well, I mean, the second and the third movie, I mean, and the fourth movie, I guess, but especially the second and the third, they start to, like, getting into, like, there's some attempted murder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was I was blown away when, uh, when uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Penguin Dude? Yeah, the Penguin Dude. He has a name, though. Took out a fucking gun? Yeah, he pulls out a fucking pistol. <laughs> I was like, what's, what? I actually turned to Mariah because we were, we were watching these together. Uh, Mariah also, by the way, had seen the wrong trousers. I had not mm-hmm. seen any of these, but I'm surprised. I know it's weird. Um, but she turned. She, I turned to when the penguin took out that gun. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> Just caught me completely off guard. Um, but yes, you kind of mentioned what a grand day out is. They they go to the moon because Wallace wants cheese, so they build a rocket ship. They run into, I guess, uh, evil Wally, um, and and fight with him a little bit sure and i i was trying to figure out and i was reading the wikipedia summary to try to figure out what exactly the robot was supposed to be because he was clearly coin operated mm-hmm. but i i couldn't and then i guess he's just a coin operated robot but it never i mean and i'm you know this is this is the sci-fi star trek uh, pedantic person in me i want to know what a function of a thing is like that you just just make up some bullshit to satisfy me but i couldn't figure it out but it's okay he's kind of cool he reminded me a little bit of the Crushinator from Futurama. Remember Crushinator? Oh, okay. I, oh. I love him, Bob. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit I haven't watched a lot of Futurama. Well, you're a fucking failure as a person, Brendan. And... Hot take. I'm not a huge fan of it. Sorry, Hot guys. take. Brendan is a failure. <laughs> I've Debate me. I'll, I think I, I took great resentment when Futurama came out because I thought when, they were, when it was p- being put out there yeah. that Matt Groening was like, you don't need the Simpsons anymore. Let me put this new thing out so it can replace it. And I was like, no, fuck you. So okay, I, I was like, I was just angry. So, be, so because of a lie that you made up to yourself, yes. you resent the sh- Okay, I understand. But I also didn't, I also just didn't really like it all that much. Mm. Sorry. You gotta, 
you got to be a few good things brought on to it. the light. Um, so yeah, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh right, yeah. So the so the, that that's a grand day out. But tell tell us what the other ones are kind of basically about. So they got the wrong well, trousers. We got the wrong trousers. Close shave involves. Uh, uh, well, no. What's the wrong trousers about? Oh, the wrong trousers. Right. That's <laughs> I, the next one. Right. So so for some reason. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, Wallace no, acquires they order. Or they won't make any sense, Jason. That's right. Uh, Wallace acquires a pair of uh, mechanical pants from NASA. Uh, they're ex-NASA pants, you see. And his intent is to use these mechanical legs uh, to walk Gromit because mm-hmm. he doesn't want. I guess he doesn't want to engage with Gromit anymore. Than he has to. So he buys these pants to autonomously walk. Gromit and of gets course, treated like shit, especially in that one. Yeah, he does. He really does. Uh, although it's interesting because I, my theory that Gromit is a slave, Nick Park addresses that at the very beginning of uh, The Wrong Trousers because when he's in bed, um, uh, Wallace presses the button. He goes, Gromit, it's, it's, uh, it's your turn to make breakfast for me. Uh, you know, So it's like, okay, so they do it for each other. Okay, maybe he's not a total slave, but he sure yeah. is treated like one. He does also have a button that says walkies, though. And I'm like, wait, yeah. do they switch that off, too? Does, does Gromit walk Wallace sometimes? Yeah, but that it may absolutely. Well, and, and the, I love the idea that he's like he sends him out with them and Gromit just takes the collar off because Gromit is not stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he goes and like uses the slide and stuff while the legs walk around and then he gets back into the collar and goes home. Yeah. That's great. Um, but it, they're also having uh, money issues. So they need to take in a boarder, and well, Wallace unilaterally—I mean, he is—he is the master, right? Wallace unilaterally decides to take in a boarder, and they bring in this uh, rather creepy penguin, who, uh, which is a strange—I suppose—a strange person to have show up to be a boarder. But I guess when you got a dog that is can't talk but is clearly sentient, that doesn't really Th- surprise throw the you. rule book out at this point. Yeah, no, the yeah, exactly. Um, the dog will play basketball regardless, but <laughs> nothing in the book against it. So. Uh, the penguin starts to ingratiate himself with Wallace while uh, kind of pushing Gromit out of the picture. He, and he's very brazen about it. He, he basically decides he's going to live in uh, Gromit's room, which fucking sucks for Gromit. Because uh, he's got to move into the, the shitty room that uh, Dupe is going to rent. And he starts becoming friendly with Wallace. Again, This remember, this penguin can't talk. But just we see through this, like, he starts becoming friendly with Wallace and doing stuff for him that Gromit used to do, like getting him the paper and stuff. But clearly there is nefarious ends to this because we have like a good sting whenever it happens. So long story short, this penguin is planning to do a heist. <laughs> He's lady killering uh, uh, yes. Wallace. Thank you for mentioning <laughs> that because I had that written down too. Exactly. It's totally uh, lady killers. Yeah. He's lady killering Wallace. And uh, uh, but he doesn't get away with it. No. And this, obviously. of course, involves. Was it this short? Wait, or was it a close shave? Does this one involve the. Uh, uh, the lady that looks a lot like Wallace, or is that the next one? That's the next. That's the next one. Okay. So how does this one end? <laughs> it was so long ago. It was like twenty four hours ago. I watched these, Brendan. What do you What do you want from me? Uh well, the well, it ends, Jason. A lot like the other ones is that there's a big slapstick like action sequence at the end of it, um, and eventually they uh, they 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 put Feathers McGraw, the name of the penguin, uh, they put him in prison. Uh, in in the zoo, and uh, they get the reward money, and they are able to pay off all their debts, and the trousers walk off into the sunset. So, 
I, I truly believe part of this movie, and I guess it's true of, of anybody that does any sort of special effects, they obviously want to put their best foot forward. But for some reason in this, sometimes it's like these guys are showing off with what they can do. And each movie has a bigger and bigger sequence that must take so much more time each time to like, mm. you know, first of all, plan this all out because you gotta, and then execute it. You know, to make it all work. Like, in, in in this one, it's the train chase sequence where they're riding this toy train around Wallace's clearly massive house. And Gromit is building the track as they go. Yes. <laughs> so that they, they can keep going. Yeah, and the whole, not so much the, the building the track part, but that whole sequence on the train reminded me a lot of Curse of the Were-Rabbit when Gromit mm-hmm. is having that uh, uh, quote-unquote fight scene with that other dog. Yes. And they're on that little, like, roller coaster thing or that train. Yes. I guess it's also a train. Yeah. Um, but it just, yeah, it, it was almost like, this is like the, the blueprint for that. Well, in the next short, we have that moment where Gromit has a, has a plane and he, uh, right. uh flies in and keeps the, you know, and helps and saves the day with it. But, but yeah, uh, the wrong trousers. Um, it, it's, uh, it's the one that everyone knows. I think it's the one that most people know. But the, most yeah, that people was the one that won the, that was the one that won the Academy Award that year, wasn't it? Well, we'll get to that at the yeah. end. I've got, I've got, I've got some stuff. But I think stuff. that's, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the more well-known ones. That and a close shave, I think, are the ones that most people know. Yes. Whereas a grand day out is kind of the layout. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is what we can do right now. Let's see how this goes. It has a roughness to it, as you said, like reminiscent of a first episode, like uh, to the early seasons of The Simpsons or something. Like, there's a, there's a, a just an ungilded edge to it. Like a charming roughness. Yeah, it's it's charming, but but then by the time they hit a wrong trousers, they're pretty much settled into their like classic look. Like they've they they had just kind of sanded down. It took like three. It's only it only takes three years for the second short, and then they're and that's impressive. Looks like they do now. Like that's how much more help he had because that previous short he'd been working on I think since 1982. So it took him seven years to make it. Seven years of his life, he was taking little like clay figures, moving them a tiny bit, taking the shot, moving them a tiny bit, taking the shot, remembering where he left it off, coming back the next day. Like that's not, that's a, that's a huge, huge undertaking. Yeah, no, that's insane. I, I like the the story that I read somewhere about Peter Salas, the guy that voices uh, Wallace, that he was, he was paid, you know, he was offered 50 pounds to do this and he surprised Nick Park by agreeing to do it. And then, like six or seven years after he recorded the dialogue, he gets a call from Nick Park being like, oh, yeah, the movie's done. And he just swore at him. <laughs> he was so surprised. Just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because, well, the, yeah, and, the, and the voice acting stuff would have been done early. That's what I'm saying. It was like a yeah. seven year, seven year delay between him recording those lines and then assuming the movie would just never get made. He was just doing a solid for like some student. I feel like, I feel like um, you definitely want to do the voice stuff early. Well, you have to. You need it because you, Im- you. Well, just imagine there's improvisations. Like no, 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 don't do it. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, and ADRing animation is probably uh, a tough sometimes. Mm. I feel like the voice <laughs> stuff happens early for any. Uh, yeah, well, because you have to you have to yeah. animate to it. You need to have it right. as a thing to reference. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Like I say, you can't just oh, du- I mean, you can just dub an animation, but then it's just blah 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 is what everybody's mouth looks like. Oh, is that what it is? Then you just end up with food fight, which I'm assuming is how that movie was made. Well, it's reflected in the budget. Uh, it's not actually because oh, the budget wow. was like eighty million dollars. Oh wow! Ooh, ooh, somebody got fucked. A lot of people got fucked. 
Yeah, they said all the footage got stolen. Was it all, a lot of was it all think, Russian mob money or something? A lot of people think there was money laundering going on. Yeah. It must have been. It must have been the cast that they hired: Charlie Sheen, and Hillary Duff, top-notch stars. Was it? A, was it a producer's situation? Did they stand to make more money by like insuring the shit out of the movie and then having it collapse? Like, I think it was just a colossal disaster from day one, Jason. I don't. Mm. I don't even know. It made like no money too. But we're not talking about Food Fight because that's a terrible movie, Brandon. We're talking about Wallace and Gromit because those are good movies. I might have to one day on a different podcast. <laughs> you haven't yet? I'm surprised. I know. I've been prolonging it. <laughs> good. Yeah. No. Put that off. Um, okay, so that's the wrong trousers. What uh, What about the next one? What about a close shave? What's that one about, Jason? I well, haven't watched it. Tell me. <laughs> well, this one involves uh, Wallace meeting a lady who uh, uh, strangely resembles him, and then they start to become quite friendly. It was very egotistical. It was very egotistical. It was very masturbatory, I would describe it. Um, and she also has a dog who is much meaner looking than Gromit, uh, but also seems at least as smart. Yes. Yeah, and so Wallace is uh, building this like uh, machine for shearing sheep, uh, and this dog is uh, basically uh, steals the machine from him to set up his own uh, plant because he because the dog runs a dog food plant, I guess. <laughs> I was confused for a while because when we saw the dog food and the actual dog's face on it, I was like, "Wait, he eats his own branded dog food." Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you know he he is definitely a guy who gets high on his own supply. I think is what it comes down oh, to. Oh yeah. But but then as we learn, he's eventually he's a robot, so he doesn't eat any dog food. Clearly. Right. He just does it for fun. And and Lady Wallace, which is not her name, but she's basically Lady Wallace. Is no, just is, kind is of it, a long w- w- Wendley or Gwendolyn or something? G- Gwendolyn, I don't know. But yes. she's just she's just kind of along for the ride. Like, yes. She she's not really she's not evil. No. Um, she's just kind of being bullied around by this robot dog that's just supposed to protect her, but he's he's gone off the deep end. Yeah, so I guess that goes part of the reason why her and uh, her and Wallace kind of get together is she uh, Wallace reminds her of her father because her father was also an inventor, much like Wallace. That's another thing that goes throughout these movies is the inventions. Yes, yeah, the, the these Rube Goldbergian inventions that make no sense, but is how they live their lives. I love it. And getting slid down. I mean, the, the the bed that slides them down into the kitchen is kind of a common item, but right. Well, I love the bit with the where, where you know, it's uh, Wallace slides down in. He goes in. They put him in his pants and then his shirt over his head and then his sleeves on and everything. And then there's a part where that happens to Gromit too, but he goes in backwards. And gets the clothes on backwards, and then where the toast is supposed to shoot up into the air and then be hit by the jam that is launched out, the jam just hits him in the face. It's great. I think that's actually, I think that's actually in the wrong trousers, but it's still great. Yeah, yeah. um, This one, uh, this is also the one we alluded to earlier. Um, This introduces the character of Sean the sheep, and I just want to say, animals in this movie, in these movies, are really adorable. Yeah. Absolutely. I see why Sean got the spinoff because he was, he's, you know, as expressive as Gromit sometimes. It's just, it's so funny though how like this, you wouldn't think this like watching this movie, you watching this short, you wouldn't say, oh, that character is clearly going to get two movies that are going to be very successful. (laughs) Not at all. No, it's crazy. But it's part of the expanding, I guess, Parkiverse. Um, Gromit goes to jail in this one. He does. He gets well. He gets. I had a lot of questions about that. Uh, that that Wallace seems so willing to just accept it. He's just like, oh, Gromit, <laughs> you murder. You murdered a couple of people, Gromit. What? Well, no. How does Gromit get? How does Gromit end up in jail in this one? 
Oh, I think he's accused of. I think uh, so. He gets picked up by the the other dog, Preston or whatever, at some point, and taken yes. away. And the sheep had run off. And I think he gets accused of murdering the sheep. Oh, he gets accused because it's yeah, like the like the shepherd the murders or the something they call that. So yeah, he ends up going to jail because of it. And because there's a yeah. wool shortage, and he yeah. gets accused of basically stealing all the sheep. Yeah, and killing them. Well, no, not killing them. They're no, alive. He, he. I'm pretty sure they refer to him as a murderer, like on the paper and stuff. Like they're talking. About, no, they are alive. What no, I'm no, saying you're is, thinking, that, you're thinking about the next one. I think. Yes. Yeah, so Preston captures Gromit and frames him for the sheep rustling. Not, oh. not murder though. Oh, I, I swear it was a maybe that maybe I just filled in the blanks on that one. I swore that it was referring to him murdering them, and that oh. and that Wallace just accepted it. But then Wallace was a total bro and broke him out of prison. Well, so, Sean the sheep does really. Sean does, but Wallace and all is there the, remember too. all the sheep are like on like standing up in a tower. Yeah, and yeah, Wallace, like hold them like all the up. Bangles video. Yeah, no, sorry. And Gromit doesn't go to jail for murder in the next one. He gets he gets framed uh, for for biting someone. That's what. It right. Is. Yes, he does get framed for biting. So yeah, so um, so close shave. It's another one that happens. Mm-hmm. Lots of cheese. Um, I yeah. do like the uh, I do love the ending of this one. In that we we think we see that Wallace and his lady are going to be possibly an item. Of course, she's she's upset because she's kind of uh, she feels responsible for all the stuff that's happened. And then he says, "Oh, you know, it's fine." Then he says, "Okay, well, let's have some nice Wensleydale." And she's like, "Oh, cheese! Oh, don't like it. Can't stand it. Can't can't even put it down." And Wallace, it, it doesn't say it, but he's basically like, "Well, this isn't going to fucking happen." Yeah. No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Like, like <laughs> clearly, not a love meant to be yeah no it's, it's exactly it's it's like if she'd be like oh no thank you i don't drink and he's like well fuck that i like to party <laughs> right right and then finally a matter of loaf and death yes brendan based on uh, the title certainly based on one of our favorite movies but not uh not really plot wise the darkest of all of them i would say though yeah it keeps getting darker this is this is the one where uh wallace Clearly, as a teenager, had been jerking off to the uh, in the food pantry, and he's uh, had a thing for the uh, uh, bake olite girl on the bread bag for quite some time. Paella Bakewell. Now that's you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure plenty of Americans have jerked off to the Land O'Lakes lady on the butter tin, and you know, I've I've certainly shot a load or two to Aunt Jemima. It's ha- it happens, you know. It, everybody everybody jerks off to food products once in a while. So I don't judge Wallace for this. It's just weird that he then actually encounters this person years after she's done this, and then it begins like a weird like celebrity romance with her. Mm. It's a weird uh, power dynamic balance, if you will, Brendan, because he's just you know he's just Wallace, but she she's the Bakelite lady or girl. Well, and and of course, this one has this one this one has the backdrop of there have been twelve bakers that have been murdered. Yeah, yeah. There's a serial. There's a baker bakery based serial killer in town. And that doesn't seem to really worry Wallace and Gromit in this small town that had minimum thirteen bakeries. My my well my favorite actually yeah though there is thirteen bakeries <laughs> my, my favorite my favorite thing about this which is funny because it's like a baker's dozen I think that's a cute yeah, little, that's a little joke but um it's funny because this movie cold opens with a baker getting killed obviously it's done in a, as lighthearted as you can mm-hmm. like you just hear the the you know the baker getting hit with the rolling pin and he just goes face first into the dough and then the best part about this is 
a few minutes later, uh, they find out this news, and Wallace is like, oh, well, less competition, I guess. <laughs> and I was like, is Wallace going to be the murderer? <laughs> I thought, I thought for sure. He accepts like, the death. It's like, it's, I mean, really, up to that point, business had been getting better and better every week. You know? Such a laissez-faire reaction <laughs> All these Wallace, Wallace is an avowed anarcho-capitalist. Uh, that's how he sees it. Also, listen, I think Wallace would be suspect number one. If he's the only baker still alive? Sure, sure. Yes, absolutely. The police should have been questioning him. Where's Where's our, our police friend from the movie uh, who's talking about arson around? We need, uh, we need him. <laughs> he's great. I would also say this one has more pop culture references than any of the other ones. This one has ghosts. It has aliens. Yeah, I laughed at the um, ghost one. <laughs> My favorite is the Batman reference, and by that I'm, I mean the reference to the movie adaptation of the 60s TV show. Mm-hmm. Because there is a moment where they have, they have a bomb, and Wallace is running back and forth not knowing where to put it. And he sees, like, nuns, and then he sees, like, handicapped children. <laughs> and that's literally in the Batman 60s yeah. movie. And, you know, he says that line. He's like, oh, you can never get rid of a bomb or something like that. <laughs> And I was like, are we, are we referencing this? Really? That's, Why not? That's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. Staying real current there. <laughs> um. Surprise, surprise, the woman he's followed for is the murderer. Yeah. And uh and she's got she's got a poor little poodle who is uh clearly living a horrible horrible life with this woman. Yes, this this poor poodle is, is just a wound up example of anxiety uh personified in a dog. But you know what? You know what I love about this one and the fact that it's the last one out of all the of all the work that Gromit's done over the years, of all the stuff he's solved for Wallace, all the times he's protected him, this movie ends with Gromit finding love. Well, a chance at love, let's say. Well, like Fla- they, like Flavor Flav, he's getting a chance at love. We, we don't want to make assumptions. A shot at love. He's getting a shot, absolutely. <laughs> He'll give a shot. I know he will, Gromit. <laughs> Why are this we talking guy. about dog semen, Jason? Well, I just I feel like Gromit is not a guy that gets action very much, and he seems too dignified to hump the couch or something. So I, I think he's got a lot of um, a lot of tension built up. Okay, okay, I understand, man. Um, but yeah, but I mean, it it does end with you know the little poodle dog going getting in the car with them and them driving yeah. off. And I said, oh, that's that's nice because this one and the last one, Wallace thought he found someone, and both times it was not the case. Yep. And Gromit ends by, you know, possibly finding a, a, a romantic partner. Absolutely. We also got to talk about the um, the self-biting dog framing that goes on in this movie. Yeah, she she literally just bites herself and makes a growl. And it's like, oh, the doggy bit me. And and surprisingly, there's not a scene where he gets sent to, like, be put down. No, no. <laughs> what well, like is... Wallace immediately believes her, of course, because why? I guess why would you? She's got a bite mark on her arm. Surely she's not the kind of psychopath to bite her own arm and blame the dog. Although right. I would have looked at the teeth marks just to be sure. But Wallace yeah. is so trusting. So of everyone but Gromit. Of everyone but Gromit. So he just puts the muzzle on Gromit and and has him like do dishes. <laughs> Although suppose if Wallace was really like really untrusting of Gromit, that like I said, he would have taken him to the pound, and that would have been it. I don't think Wallace would do that. Wallace is not a bad person. He's just, uh, you know, a little uh, ignorant, I would say. Sorry, babe. Time to go to that kennel in the sky. Cha, cha, cha. Dennis Miller, would you like some cheese? Oh, I tell you what, I want some government cheese because uh, let's go, Brandon. Am I right? <laughs> I don't know anything you're talking about. 
Let me tell you something. The only thing good about Joe Biden is the fact that he makes me look young. <laughs> Joe who? You're useless. Oh, break it off. Break that- it off there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. P- Salas, back to Republican heaven. Miller, back to earth. Oh, God. You can't do this to me. I'm Peter fucking Salas. Hey, look over there. What? Throws jetpack, lights it. <laughs> oh, don't even let me do the Sorry, fellas. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting in here in the grape. No, no, I said get out of here. Sorry, fellas. Please continue. Thank you, Jim. Hey, hey, did I do any voice work in these movies? I don't remember. I'm very old. I don't dead. think you did. I don't think you did, Jim. Uh, let me let me try my grommet. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, um. Okay. Okay. What'd you think? That's pretty good, Jim. Thanks. All right, back to the door. Bye. Clop, 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 clop. When did he Isn't get hooves? horse hooves? Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new it's a new style. It's what the kids are doing. He turned into a centaur. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Wait, does that happen in Republican heaven? I uh, well, you yeah, know, yeah, well, uh, you you get you get a choice between centaur or starfish. I think I made the right choice. Donald Trump must be getting a head start because I don't know if you know how he he looks like. He's like the front half of a centaur when he's standing. <sighs> <laughs> Everything about him makes me want to vomit. Yep. Oh, and the other thing that remains constant throughout this is cheese. Cheese is well. First off, cheese is fantastic. That's so I good. get it. It's what drew me to the series is my 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 desperate love of cheese. Just cheese. <laughs> Just cheese, man. And I thought these guys like cheese. I think I might like these guys. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but of course, Wensleydale, which I, I think I mentioned in that episode, in the previous episode, I did try and is quite tasty. Okay. okay. Very crumbly, but good. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, I mean, we talked about Wallace and Gromit a lot. We talked about Nick Park. We, and um, when we talked about Curse of the Were-Rabbit, we talked about the animation studios. So there isn't really a whole lot to get into here, but maybe we should uh, just take a little break and then get into some bits and bobs. All right. Sounds good to me, Brendo. Break, break, initiate. Age of Radio. Ow. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's a bits and bobs. It's short because it's a short. We're talking about yeah. shorts. Yeah, we're talking about shorts. <laughs> Eat them. Grand Day Out opens up with a, a picnic guide. Is that a thing? Do people ever have picnic guides? I mean, they must have. Like a like a person who oh oh like they have the like manuals a book. and everything yeah magazine yeah, yeah. yeah everything was a magazine back then because that's all they had um, wooden rocket ship I'm gonna be the bearer of bad news it's not gonna work well I mean it it did work for them so wait I mean, do I you guess think the, this is a documentary Jason yeah well the proof of the pudding is in the eating Brendan and and if you eat that rocket ship you'll see that it worked um, I don't think you're gonna win this debate. <laughs> 
But yes, wood traditionally not a material used in uh, space rockets. Right. Um, very little conflict in the first one, uh, other than obviously the robot, but, uh, it seems almost, uh, quaint in comparison. And, and by the way, ultimately in the, in the first one, that robot, he just wants to go to earth and, and ski. Yeah. He just, and he, he, uh, get, he almost gets there, but then he cruelly gets left by Wallace and Gromit. I mean, he does try to murder them. Well, I mean, sure, but he doesn't know any better. He's from the moon. Oh, okay. Moon's got moon law is different than Earth law, Brendan. I do like how um, it's just a matter of fact in this one that the moon is made out of cheese. Like, there's no, there's nothing where like Wallace says, "Oh, it's made out of cheese," and they get there, and obviously it's not. It is. It just is. Well, my my thought was that maybe it's not because they they can't quite place it. Like he's like, oh, it doesn't really taste like it's this sort of cheese or this sort of cheese, and it's like, yeah, because you're eating a mouthful of dust, you idiot. <laughs> but it does. But they do give it the look of cheese. I know because they 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 slice it off and everything, and that that actually really yeah. that's the thing that pisses the robot off most is that uh, they're cutting off these little pieces, and then he has to go back and glue them back on. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm sorry to gender the robot, but I I just I have to call it him something. I I can't call it it because I want it to feel like it's an anthropomorphic person. Right. You're just you're just tired of the pronoun police. I get it, Jordan. <laughs> I guess I could call them they. It's possible. Uh, did you notice that? I I wonder if Wallace has some you know nutrition issues because all he seems to have in his house uh, is tea, uh, mm-hmm. crackers, and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes cheese. Now, obviously, they don't have any cheese because they got to go to the moon to get some. Well, they do reference. I mean, in 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 Where Rabbit, Gromit does put him on a diet. So That's you right. Have something there. He does force him to start eating vegetables, and he he does enjoy them. Pretty good for a rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, more evidence that he treats Gromit like a slave. He uses Gromit as like a table, uh, like a sawhorse, oh, yeah. as he's yeah. trying to saw some wood for the the rocket. That could have ended uh, very uh, disturbingly. Yep. Uh, the lighting in these movies, man, like it's great. It's great. You don't think about it as much, but even even this sort of thing benefits from good lighting, and they're really good about it in these movies. And the use of shadows and light, and it looks very nice. So, because they could just, I mean, this, this type of animation, you could there could just light it all, like just blow it out, light it all, and it would probably still work. It just wouldn't be nearly as interesting. Well, no, because they they light it and they film it as if they were filming anything else. Absolutely, and it, and um, it shows. I like how when they start the wrong trousers, they reference the previous movie. Like mm-hmm. they have the they have pictures of the rocket ship on the wall. Yeah, and they have a newspaper that says like Moon Cheese shares sore. Yeah. So right out of the gate, they don't do that in any of the other ones, but I like how in the second one they do reference the previous one. Yeah, yeah. I feel like those newspapers might have some. I figure. If, I feel like if you dug into them, you might find little things. Also, I gotta say, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say this, Jason. And this is a trope, not just in these, but in a lot of movies and animated movies. When they're sitting there with the newspaper and they're reading it like that, mm-hmm. and you see the front page story, and yeah. they're reading the front page story. I'm sorry, no, the front page story's on the front page. What? I understand the story can continue in uh, the newspaper, but you gotta start reading it from the from the front, baby. So you just gotta assume that. Every time you see it, it's in media res, Brendan. They're already reading it on the inside because no. are we going to start with them reading it from the beginning? Are we going to waste five minutes of screen time watching you, some dickhead read through a fucking newspaper story? Is l- that what listen, we're going to do? Listen, I know this isn't a visual medium, but he could be holding it like this and just be like, 
And then the man did this. Oh, continue on C7. Uh, well, and then what, what you, you can't see is that Brendan is holding his notebook like a book, and that's not how newspapers are held. You know what I fucking mean. <laughs> I don't read to the side. I read in front of my face. I was reading to the side so you could hear me on the microphone, dick face. And you'll notice a lot of times in those movies, uh, just to counter your point even more, that they'll start reading like the front page. They'll see it in front of their face, and then they'll open it, and then that's when you see the front page headline. That's not what happens in this one. Well, we just didn't see him do it because he'd already made it that far in the story. He's a very fast reader. He's very smart. I call bullshit. He reads so many books with dog-based puns uh, in the author name. Well, obviously. Who, who doesn't? And, and they listen to uh, albums by Doggy Osmond. Yes. <laughs> Doggy Osmond, and uh, he reads uh, The Republic by Pluto with the U. And right. uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, a War and Peace by Fido Dogorowski or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I wrote down um, for the wrong trousers. Happy birthday, Gromit. I bought you slavery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Here's here, here's the here's the here's your chains. Put them here's on. Your leash. So you look pretty. And here's a, a, a trouser robot to walk you because I can't be bothered. Because I can't trust you to do it on your own. Right. Could you think also I got to mention this, too. I think all four of these, maybe less so the first one because there's a little bit less going on, but I think at least the three of them could very well easily be features. I mean, look at Curse of the Were-Rabbit. There isn't that much more plot in that movie. No, I suppose not. It's, it's filled out by the intricate uh, sequences that Nick Park and company have built. Yeah, I mean, what do you got? You got someone who's rustling sheep and he's trying to save the day. You got someone, uh, bakers are getting murdered and they're trying to solve the mystery and Wallace is falling in love. You got uh, a penguin that moves in and tries to do a diamond heist. Like, I'm not saying they should be, but I'm just saying I think it'd be very easy for these to be like 80 minutes long and sure. still, not feel, still not feel like overly long. At the same I, time. I, Despite being a person that is often verbose, I am a fan of brevity. So, oh, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying it as a negative thing at all. I'm just saying I think the stories are so good, yeah, that they could easily be feature length. Yeah, if they wanted to reboot them, they probably could extend them pr- relatively, you know, easily into features. But let's get that I'd WG universe I'd ra- going. I'd rather just see new Wallace and Gromit movies. Shorts. I'm just saying a lot of times you watch a short, you know, and you're like, oh, this works fine for the short. This is a, this is a small story. I just mean like I, I, this is one of the few shorts I've seen where it's like, oh, this could they could have easily had their pick. They could have made it this or they could have made it an 80 minute movie. Maybe it started out as such and got cut down into who knows. Maybe. Oh, another great joke is when Gromit is reading the newspaper and the front headline is dog reads paper. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of again, a lot of dog stories in the paper. Yeah. Oh, the organ music that uh, that Feathers plays in his room is is awful. It sounds like a circus or a church. Two places I have no business being. Um, oh, I really like the the wet eyes, the the tearing up effect with these characters when mm-hmm. Gromit starts to cry, and then in the next short we we see um, the, the the poodle sheep. do the same. Oh, and the sheep oh, too, and Sean. Sheep, yeah. yeah, it's really cool and it works really well. Um, one of my favorite shots in this movie is when Wallace, it's in a close shave and Wallace is doing his whole Rube Goldberg thing to wake up. And then we just see Gromit just walking into the room. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. One of my favorite shots is in, I think it's in uh, Wrong Trousers where Gromit is sneaking down the alley and he kind of goes up against the wall and you got the light across his face. And I was like, That's very Harry Lime right there. That looks real good. <laughs> 
Ramen has a fucking plane and an oatmeal gun at one point. Yeah, that plane is awesome. I, I really love that shot of him like flying overhead and everybody like salutes him and he salutes them back and like breaks off. It's great. Yeah, and then he has that oatmeal gun to, to slow everybody down. And then they, they end up uh, uh, crushing the dog in a big crusher. I, I have... I'm wondering if um, the writer of Paddington 2 maybe took note of something in one of these shorts because there's a moment in A Matter of Loaf and Death when we go to the villainess's home and we see all the mannequins she has upstairs representing each, uh, you know, each baker that she's taken out. But it just reminded me of that scene where Hugh Grant has all those mannequins set up and he's just talking to them all. Just the look of the room was like almost identical. I also noticed in in uh, Wrong Trousers the... I really appreciated the creative use of the tape measure uh, on Feather's part, using it mm. to measure stuff, but also using it as basically like a zip line to get up, a, or what do you call it, like a grappling hook, essentially. It was a good use of that. It was very yes. creative. Um, what else have I got here? So in a close shave, uh, when I first saw the sheep, I was like, oh, is this like a proto-Sean? And then it turns out, no, it's actually Sean, straight up. <laughs> uh, I just noticed in that one that Wallace has five digits, like five fingers, five toes, right? Um, that's impressive. Like that they went to that extra length because again, that's more work having that extra finger in there. And you'd think like, oh, well, you just get rid of it and just not worry about it. But no, they they went the extra extra mile on that because they want to show how good they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know why there's wool rationing, but we never really get a sense of when these shorts take place. So perhaps it takes place after the war. Who knows? Again, it's much like the movie. Like, there's modern shit, and then there's stuff that it's like, oh, well, maybe this is the 50s. So mm-hmm. it gets its own world, right? Right. Well, he see, here, here was my thought. The reason I thought that Gromit was framed for murdering uh, those sheep was because he stuck his head through the wall, and dude and the other dog took a picture of him, and his head was through this painting of a guy next to a bunch of sheep with a knife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, no, we know the sheep don't get murdered because we see them later on. No, I know. I know we don't think. I, yeah. I thought that it, he was accused of murdering them, even though they had not been murdered. Oh, okay. Yeah. He gets a puzzle while in prison, and he puts the puzzle a, together without looking at it. A very difficult puzzle. A very difficult puzzle. He literally, like, he's, like, looking off in the distance and just putting the things in, and then because happens to glance. Like, <laughs> it's just the same sheep, like, all over the thing, and I'm like, how the fuck would you even do that puzzle? Those are, and there are real puzzles you can buy like that that are meant, that are specifically meant to be difficult like that. No, thank you. Yeah, no, I don't even want to do a regular puzzle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, and then he just happens to glance down at it and see it's like, uh, your friends are coming at 8 p.m., be ready. And that's when Sean and Wallace show up and break him into prison, and that's a fun sequence. Uh, just one of the straight up jokes that made me laugh was Wallace uh, uh, being told, duck. Like, you know, bend over, and he's just and like, he says, where? where? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just so dumb. Yeah. So perfect. I had that written down, too. Uh, Wallace then, so after the dog gets crushed, Wallace repairs this dog, which is kind of creepy in of itself, because it's like this dog is now a lobotomized version of itself. I guess you mm-hmm. could make the argument that he got sort of, quote-unquote, brain damage from the uh, from the crusher, but it feels, it feels bad, man. Kind of feels bad. Even though he's an evil dog, he still feels bad. I mean, it's a robot. Let's not go crazy. Yeah. Uh, Matter of Loaf and Death, we start off with a great song that I love with the guy singing, If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. (laughs) (laughs) And then he gets murdered. And he gets murdered. Uh, Early on, I wrote down, I love that forklift with the oven mitts. I thought that was a funny gag. Mm -hmm. Only to be amazed that it actually comes into play later in the movie. 
Um, I wrote down very unsanitary for his Rube Goldberg device to be so close to the food that they're making at this bakery. Yeah, I don't like, think uh... it's almost like because he gets put into his into his clothes on the same conveyor belt as the food gets put into bowls. Yeah, and that's not going to pass the safety inspection. If the council comes in there, he's going to be fucked. He's done. He's done. He won't need to be murdered. But he also also dispenses afternoon tea from the same nozzle as he does diesel and gasoline. Like, come on, Wallace. Tastes a bit of diesel. The the Bakelite girl, I don't know if that's like just an obtuse reference to Bakelite, which is a type of plastic. Maybe that's inferring the bread sucks. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Her whole thing is like a, her, her thing is kind of uh, kind of cruel though because like her whole story is um, she she was like obviously a much more svelte back in the yes. day, and then they, they say basically said you can't be the bagel like girl anymore because if you get into the hot air balloon uh, it's just gonna, it's not going to go up, which and is that, essential that, to their promotion. This hot air balloon is like the centerpiece of their promotional campaign for many years. But they end up being correct because that ends up being her downfall. She gets into the balloon to escape, and Wall says, "I thought you couldn't go up in the balloon anymore." And then she falls into the fucking zoo, and the crocodile eats her. And kills she gets her. eaten. She gets eaten by crocodiles. It happened. Yeah, off screen, but yeah, yeah. character brutally killed in the movie. One of the one of the either dirtiest uh, references in these movies, or just I guess a reflection of my own uh, uh, warped mind. Was when they're they're starting to get um, lovey dovey with each other, starting to like build this romance, and we cut to a shot of Gromit near the oven, and the the bread in the oven starts to rise, mm-hmm. and I just thought, <laughs> boner, <laughs> Lord. So uh, either that's on them for making a funny joke that's dirty, or that's on me for having a warped, dirty mind. I mean, they did have a joke in the movie where Wallace wore a cardboard box that said "May contain nuts." So that is true. That was funny. Enjoy Wallace saying to the kid, uh, I'm not a fruitcake, am I, lad? I guess it was to Gromit, was it? I think they mean the crazy definition, right? I don't think Yeah, yeah, that. no, not like yeah. not like gay, but like uh, in a pejorative sense, but yeah, just just crazy, fruitcake, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that uh I don't know that fruitcake is a term in England. Fruit might be, but not. So she the villainess asks, you know, acts pretty evil over the course of this movie, but it's really at the end where it's established that she's the worst, and we don't feel bad when she gets eaten by the crocodiles, and that's when she hits her dog. Oh, that was fucked. Yeah, it was fucked. I mean, we don't actually see it. It's clearly implied, but the fact that she slaps her little poodle. Uh, but then that sets it up so that we as the audience can be like, fuck this bitch. She can, yeah, if she gets eaten by uh, uh, crocodiles, we're not going to cry over it. We're not going to think it's crazy. Yeah, and then the uh, and then the poodle. Well, they actually they kind of almost make you think that she killed the poodle because they cut away mm-hmm. and we don't see the poodle for a bit, and then suddenly it comes in uh, using the forklift and and takes care of her. Which I didn't I didn't put it together, but yeah, you mentioned the alien thing. It's like oh yeah, it's definitely a bit of a right? reference to uh, yeah. to uh, Ripley fighting the alien and alien using the the machine. That's great. Exactly. Uh, uh, although I wish the the puppy head of like screamed, "Get away from her, you bitch!" I don't know who mm. the her would have been, but. Well, yeah, if only the villainess had been a, do- a female dog, though, that line would have worked even better. Oh, man, that would have been, I mean, people would have stood up and cheered in the theater. <laughs> and then they would have covered their children's ears and ran out crying. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's one joke I didn't get other than maybe being a, short, a shot at Yorkshire, <laughs> which is when they look out the window and there's a big billboard in the distance that says, Yorkshire border, keep out. <laughs> I think the joke was we don't know where to put the bomb. Oh, Yorkshire, let's just throw it over there. Yeah. No one's going to know the difference. That's what I got from it. Maybe. 
Yorkshire people, tell me, is it true? Is it true? Is there nothing over there? And do you want people to stay away? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I have. Brendan, you got anything else there? I don't have any more bits and bobs, Jason, but I do have some other information about these films. Uh, Nick Park did start creating the first movie in 1982, as you said earlier, um, as a graduation project. Um, in 1985, Ardman Animations took him on before he even finished it, which kind of allowed him to work on it part-time while still being funded by the school. Um, he requested 1,000 kilograms of plasticine to work on it. That's a lot of, that's a lot of plasticine. Uh, he had 10 colors um, to work with. Um, he wanted to actually voice Gromit. He was actually going to voice Gromit himself, but then he thought, you know what? It's going to be better if Gromit doesn't have a voice. And lo and behold, he was right. Well, didn't he also, he wanted the someone to voice it who was, I think, dead. <laughs> he, like, he, had a, he had a voice in mind, but the guy was dead. So Yeah, so he was trying to do like a voice like that, and he yeah. just couldn't pull it off. He also wanted uh, Wallace to sound um, like a Lancastrian accent. So from Lancaster, but uh, Peter Salas said, well, I can only, you know, I can only do a Yorkshire voice. So that's what he ended up going with. Um, it, uh, it apparently Wallace, the reason he has like these huge cheeks is inspired by the way Peter Salas says cheese. Well, when you say cheese like that, your face definitely feels like a cheese. You definitely. Because, right. because of course, cheese is the smile word. So your mouth is smiling anyways. And that forces you. Um, I love, I love. This is the origin of Gromit's name. It was named after Gromets because uh, Nick Park's brother uh, mentioned them a lot, and Nick Park liked the sound of the word. That's well, it. Nothing, it's a good nothing word. fancy. It's a good word. I mean, Gromets are useful, and and it's a solid word, no question. Um, so the first movie, the original story was that they were going to go to the moon and there was going to be a whole lot of characters there. So this is where we, we get the sense that like the budget was not in place right away. Um, there was going to be a parking meter attendant, uh, which is the robot, which is the, that's what he is, by the way. He's a parking meter attendant, the robot. Okay. That's why they put coins in him. Okay. But there were going to be aliens. Uh, there was going to be a McDonald's on the moon at one point, And it was going to be like a spoof of star Wars. Like when they go into the cantina, um, Wallace was going to go get, get thrown into prison. Uh, Gromit was going to have to get him out. And then apparently, <laughs> um, Ardman animations was saying, it's going to take you another nine years if you do that scene. <laughs> so, uh, Nick Park basically said I had to take a, a reality check and cut the whole bit. And somehow I had to tie up the story on the moon and finish the movie. <laughs> so, uh, we talked about it with Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Won't even made his final movie. Uh, well, final until, you know, the new one that comes out in two years, apparently. Uh, but when he made A Matter of Loaf and Death, he said the BBC hardly gave him a single note or instruction on the whole thing, which was such a joy for him after working with uh, DreamWorks on Curse of the Were-Rabbit, where they gave him notes every single day and he was just getting frustrated. Um, and yeah, and that's pretty much uh, pretty much what I have. Uh, it, it, the Oscars, I'll go through the Oscars for each of these. Um, so A Grand Day Out is nominated but loses to a movie actually Nick Park also made called Creature Comforts. So nominated for Best Animated Short Film. It does win Best Animated Short Film at the BAFTAs. Uh, the Wrong Trousers is uh, wins Best Animated Short Film at the Oscars. Nothing at the BAFTAs. Uh, a Close Shave wins Best Animated Short Film at the Oscars. Again, nothing at the BAFTAs. And A Matter of Loaf and Death is nominated for Best Animated Short Film at the Oscars. Loses to a, a short film that sounds really interesting called Logo Rama. And at the BAFTAs, it wins Best Animated Short Film. Um, Logo Rama is apparently um, 
it's like a short story and every character is like a different corporate logo. Huh. Interesting. And but the way it's it's done apparently is to kind of like uh draw attention to the fact that we encounter so much of this at such rapid uh, speed. Mm-hmm. And it's only like three or four minutes long or something. I, look it up. I, or ten minutes maybe? I don't know. Anyway, it just looks really interesting. Yeah. The budget for this movie? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it for the Wallace and Gromit shorts, Jason. So I know we're not going to talk about the list, but I yeah. do want to ask you to rank these four shorts. Top to bottom. T to B. Uh, you know what? I would say just literally go bot- uh, top to bottom. Matter of Love and Death, uh, close shave, uh, wrong trousers, and a grand day out. And that's not a comment on their quality. You should watch them all in reverse order so you can see the progress that they make. They're all fantastic, but Matter of Loaf and Death is definitely the, the most polished and the most uh, mature and the most interesting of all four. Well, I'm going to say if I'm going to rank them, I'm actually going to put wrong trousers at the top. Oh. I'm going to go with a close shave after that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with uh, A Grand Day Out mm-hmm. after that and then finish with A Matter of Loaf and Death. And no, I don't dislike any of these movies. No, absolutely not. Although I do think A Matter of Loaf and Death is maybe the most mainstream one mm-hmm. um, with the movie references and the and this, there's a bit more silly and everything. But um, but I would say watch them all because they're all like 25 minutes yeah. long. What are you even doing? What are you even doing? You can knock them all out in two hours or you can watch one a day for four days. Or yeah. you can watch half of one a day for eight days. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not the way to watch them. It's a weird way to do it. <laughs> the Wallace and Gromit shorts don't need to be a two night extravaganza. Yeah, they 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 yeah. That sounds like a lot of time spent. That sounds like more work to turn it off a halfway through. <laughs> Pretty much. Than anything else. So that's it, Jason. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, a little bit a little bit shorter this week. Um, mm. Much hey. But we planned this because we were talking about the shorts. That's right. Eh? Eh? But next week, we are going to continue with, and now for something completely similar. Because we are going to be talking about a sequel that came out, God, last year um, to a movie that was on the Empire Top 100 list. And that is Borat, subsequent movie film. My wife. (laughs) <laughs> I think I'll take her. That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm. I, 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 I'm excited to finish this movie. <laughs> yes, Jason told me he had started this film <laughs> and then did not complete it. But that is for, correct. For, for for no other reason than he just didn't finish it. Yes, that was that was it. I, I'm, I'm ready and willing and able to come back to it, and I will. I am excited to talk about this movie because I think Mar- Maria Bakalova. It's one of the best comedy performances in a while. Yeah, she is great. So. She's wonderful. So we'll talk about that movie, Borat 2. Uh, you can watch that on – it's on Prime. It's a yeah. Prime original. So find that shit and then watch those little conspiracy uh, shorts after that are pretty fun. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so, well, that's what we're talking about next week. So until then, Jason, they can find us all over the place. We are on the social medias. Uh, if you want to go into Facebook, just search for For Screen. And country. If you want to find us on Twitter, just go FSAC pod. That's for screen and Kundra. podcast. And of course, uh, we're on all the podcast apps. But if you want to find us at our home base, it's Age of Radio. So you go to ageofradio.org slash for screen and country. Yes. Jason, where can they find you? Uh, at Jason D. McLeod. That is M-A-C-L-E-O-D on Twitter and Twitter alone. Hmm. Okay. So on that note, 
Uh, we'll talk about, uh, as Jason said so eloquently, my wife. My wife. Uh, next week. Um, Borat too. But until then, I just got to say to you, Jason, God save the queen. God save the screen. And for Screening Country, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. Cheese! Cheese! I want cheese now. Cheese!